Greetings. You're listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast, and this is episode 34. Greetings, everyone. I hope you had an interesting week. My week? Let's just say it's been memorable. I've been to new places and I've done some new things, both of which have only added to my passion about being home in Africa. Over the last two months, I've been focused on moving us to being able to take decisive action so we can begin to plan to live our best life. But then it suddenly struck me, what if people cannot move? What if people are being held back from living their best life by something or someone? We really need to talk about this. So this week starts a series of discussions on sensitive subjects that focus on what happens when relationships hold us back. Now there are several types of relationships that can put a hold on us to the extent that we're prevented from moving forward even when we want to. And sometimes those relationships are with other people but they're also relationships that we're having with ourselves. So this week I'm going to talk about what happens when loneliness holds us back from being able to live our best lives. So what do I mean by loneliness? When we talk about loneliness, we need to understand that feelings or experiences of loneliness are based on complex mental and emotional phenomena that have at its basis a powerful emotion that we first felt as children, when we first thought that we were going to be left or abandoned by our parents. Now that might be therapeutic talk, but it's real. And all of us have experienced some degree of abandonment, if only for a short time. And we remember the painful and scary feelings that went along with those feelings. And so fast forward into our adult lives, Whenever we're reminded of this feeling or we anticipate it when we're thinking about our future, we get a twinge of abandonment distress that we experience as loneliness. This loneliness feeling can happen anywhere and it can be pretty confusing and can put you off your game if you don't know what's going on. We often think that being lonely refers to older aged people or means being without friends or being without companions and to some extent that's true. But what we might not know is that research tells us that the group that suffers the most loneliness is aged between 16 and 24. 16 and 24! That statistic right there tells us that the definition of loneliness is much broader than we've previously understood. But what the research also goes on to say 
is that the impact of loneliness is so severe that the impact alone can have the same effect as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Just let that sink in. If you're not a smoker or you're a reformed smoker and you imagine standing next to somebody smoking 15 cigarettes a day and imagine all of the feelings that that would bring up for you. That is what loneliness feels like. Research also tells us that black women experience more acute levels of loneliness, which are twice the levels of those reported for white women. And our feelings of loneliness are usually accompanied by higher levels of financial stress and feelings of being unsupported. The whole debate is then made all the more complicated by the tendency and invitation to lead falsely inflated lives on social media. So what I'm trying to say is that loneliness and things that hold us back are often complex subjects that we rarely talk about. And it's more than just saying you're lonely. It's much more complex than that. And in a world where everyone wants to give the impression that they're doing well, understanding those feelings of loneliness takes some unpicking. So in a bid to start this conversation, I'm going to look at four commonly understood types of loneliness which have a negative impact on our lives. And these are emotional loneliness, chronic loneliness, social loneliness, and situational loneliness. Looking at emotional loneliness, what makes this type of loneliness different from the other three areas is that the other three types of loneliness are brought on by circumstances that are happening outside of our control. You have very little control over the impact of being alone or feeling awkward in social situations or being placed in new situations that make you feel lonely. But with emotional loneliness, this is all you. Emotional loneliness is about you and your feelings of loneliness and emptiness. Feelings that come around when you don't have any reason to feel lonely. When you suffer emotional loneliness, there is usually a backstory linked to your background or your experiences. And that backstory will have some relationship to the emotional distress you may be feeling and will create the necessary feelings for you to feel lonely. With this type of loneliness, because it's all on you, you are going to have to get to the root of the problem in your background and experiences. And you are going to have to look at what it is about your background and experiences that gives rise to you feeling emotional loneliness. And traditionally, this is usually done via therapy sessions. Looking at chronic loneliness, this is a form of loneliness you probably recognise the most out of the four types of loneliness. It's usually associated with older people, but also people who have been alone for so long 
that solitude has become a way of life to them. But if you think it only affects older people, you would be wrong. I've already said that those people who experience loneliness the most are aged between 16 and 24. So what that tells us is that people can experience chronic loneliness at any age, primarily because there are many more reasons why you find yourself alone. And once you find yourself alone and you learn to make do, it can be a hard habit to break because living in solitude becomes a way of life. Research also shows that this is the form of loneliness that most typifies the experiences of black women because black women have a tendency to suffer in secret and suffer in silence to avoid stigma and public shaming. Choosing instead to rely on self-pride and strung out on bits of resilience to try and resolve the problems of loneliness ourselves. This is why you find that this type of solitude is best friends with emotional conditions like low mood. And against this backdrop, you're hardly going to want to kickstart anything new. And you're certainly not going to want to start a new small business or making a move to live your best life in an African country or a hot country of your choice. And that's because motivation to change is often low because you just can't break out of the habit of loneliness or whatever other feeling is holding you back. But additionally, black women and black people in general are far less likely to seek answers and support in the public domain, which means that the experiences and effects of loneliness go on for much longer Next, I'm going to look at social loneliness. And social loneliness can be one of the precursors to chronic loneliness. And that's because someone experiencing social loneliness will usually struggle in social situations because of their levels of shyness, social awkwardness and low self-esteem. Any of these characters can make you shy away in social situations and instead choosing to play baby in the corner, nodding your head to other people's conversations and what looks like the great lives that they're having so people don't notice you and feel sorry for you. Realising that you're socially awkward can make you retreat into your own company where you feel safe and right there, if you adopt this as your standard practice, you're beginning to normalise the process of accepted levels of loneliness. And when those accepted levels of loneliness go unchecked, they can form the beginnings of chronic loneliness. How many of us would just take up ourselves and go it alone to a dance, to a social event or on holiday, for example? The answer, not that many. Yet because we don't often have these levels of resilience to take these bold decisions, we don't know that if we took these actions, relief from our loneliness could be metres away from us. Finally, situational loneliness is slightly different. This type of loneliness is the loneliness that black people think about avoiding the most. 
when we think about making major changes in our lives, situational loneliness is the thing that puts us off. Situational loneliness usually occurs when you find yourself completely turning your life upside down, either by moving to a new country where you don't speak the language, or even moving to a completely different city to do something like, for example, work a new job. In this situation, you could find it difficult to develop social networks because without spoken language skills or organisational language skills or even cultural language skills when you're joining new communities, your period of adjustment can seem long and drawn out as you try to master a new way of communicating and a new way of living your life. I found this with people who moved to African countries on their own. After the excitement of finding themselves in a new place, situational loneliness then took over. Because of language barriers, it made it difficult for people to fully immerse themselves in the whole new exciting experience. And it's the same when you move to a new city. When you move somewhere and you don't know anything, Once you've got over the initial excitement of moving, you're then left to try to pick up the pieces of trying to integrate into a new life. It's at times like this that the underlying reasons for making such a drastic change to your life will usually start to bang on your brain and will either try to expose your decision to move or validate your reasons for moving. And depending on which way your thoughts are leaning, you'll either sink or swim in your situational loneliness. What do I mean? Let's say, for example, that you drastically changed your life because you're running away from something. When you get to your new destination and situational loneliness kicks in, what you may do because... Well, it's normal to have a period of readjustment in new situations. What you may do is allow your thoughts to be consumed with the loneliness you feel and you are then much more likely to reflect back on what you are running from. And you're also more likely to question yourself and blame yourself for the decision to move not realising that everyone who moves to completely turn their life upside down will experience some feelings or forms of loneliness. And in those moments, you miss the part that what you might be feeling might indeed be quite normal. It's in the missing of this part that you run the risk of believing that your situational loneliness is specific to you and the wrong choices you may think you have made. So what is the cure for loneliness? I've already talked earlier about the possibility that if you're experiencing emotional loneliness, you may be dealing with a level of emotional distress that could well need some form of therapeutic intervention to manage. Therapy and emotional support is likely to focus on getting you to realise that the loneliness you're experiencing is a feeling and not a fact. And that when you are feeling lonely, it's likely to be because something has triggered a memory of that feeling, 
not because you are in fact isolated or alone. So taking that on board, here are other things you can do to combat loneliness that may be holding you back from living your best life. Firstly, try and notice when you're having self-deflating thoughts. We often create self-centered stories to explain our feelings. And when those feelings are ones of loneliness, we can often convince ourselves that people don't like us when this is rarely the case. What is more likely to be the case is that we don't see the people who are there for us because the shame and loneliness gets more of our attention. Because, let's face it, if you're looking for evidence that the world is whatless and your life is whatless, I guarantee you that you can always find it. Sometimes focusing on helping others by getting involved in volunteering or getting involved in community activities is a really positive way of challenging your feelings of loneliness while simultaneously reaping the emotional and social benefits of doing good. Secondly, it's good to reach out to others. Because loneliness is painful and can confuse you into thinking you're a loser or an outcast or your life is whatless, in these situations, joining a social group is a great way to start to attack those feelings. How do we know this is true? We only need to look at what elders' luncheon clubs have done for revitalising the lives of our elders. African elders in Western countries experience some of the highest forms of loneliness on record. But since the emergence of luncheon clubs that do more than provide a hot meal, we're now seeing our elders have better social lives than us youngers. Some of our elders groups are travelling the world. Right there, you can see the benefit of finding the right social group or the right hobby to reach out to. Because if you get it right, it will literally transform your life. And thirdly, you can also network with other people who are experiencing similar forms of loneliness or aloneness. One of the best ways to do this is to join an organised tour to an African country or a hot country of your choice. Every year there are hundreds of tours that you can link with and have wonderful experiences. Because right there you'll link with people whom you don't know but with whom you have a lot in common. Because you're all signed up to do the same thing. I remember when I went on a tour to Kemet, which is Egypt, and on that tour, I was surprised to see so many people who were there on their own. And when I spoke to them, what they told me was that they found themselves festering at home alone. And so they plucked up the courage to join a tour in the hope of meeting new people. And that is exactly what happened. There is nothing better to combat feelings of loneliness than joining a safe, organised tour where you get to meet like-minded people 
some of whom you may actually find are like you on the tour alone. This is a great way to form new relationships and I can tell you from my own experiences some of these relationships live well on after you get back and can last for years after you complete the tour. I know people who organise tours to Kemet, Ghana, Ethiopia and the Gambia. And when you look at the reviews from people who have been on those tours, I have yet to read a review from someone who said they were lonely. It just doesn't happen because you are more likely to meet like-minded people who want to achieve the same things as you and combat the same feelings as you. And the final thing that I want to say is to persist. If one thing doesn't work for you or one group doesn't work for you, keep it moving and try something else. It's in the act of keeping things moving that your resilience to deal with your loneliness will grow in strength. And as long as you keep it moving forward, there will come a day when you click with the right thing and that will then lead you to not even remembering that you ever felt lonely. Remember, you have the power to offer and receive kindness and generosity of spirit to all who come into contact with you. So don't be tempted to hide away and in so doing, deprive your community and the world in general of all the wonderful things you have to offer. You've been listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast. My name is Dr. Asha and until next week, I'm out. Mm-hmm.